Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors, and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened weaker today, led by declines in banks and other index counters. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.4% to 3,102 points, after some 34 million securities changed hands in the broader market. And uh, numbers on the SGX are still firming up, but let's take you through what I have on my screen. The Straits Times Index currently down 0.18%, looking at 3,109 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 552 million Sing dollars. Gainers outnumbered losers 326 versus 224. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, Singtel, UOB, OCBC and Citrim. Heavily traded securities included Seatrim, Golden Agri Resources and SMI Vantage. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Singtel. Its Australian unit Optus has secured four Spectrum lots for around $33.5 million Aussie dollars in total and the latest government Spectrum auction. Now, meanwhile, from more on Singapore's inflation numbers to concerns over oil supply, more local and international headlines remain in focus and also on the table. More details supposedly uncovered about the earlier outstir of OpenAI's CEO, Sam Altman. Well, for more market moves and views, I have with me on the line Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Terence, welcome. Hey, Tintian. Hey, great to have you on. And Terence, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. We have Singapore's latest inflation numbers for October. Headline inflation edged up to 4.7%. How did the STI fare so far given all of the developments? Well, as you mentioned, the STI fell ever so slightly, I think, yeah. 0.2%, is it? Hardly anything. But uh, whatever it is, I don't think it has anything to do with inflation, whether it goes up or down. You know, our markets move more uh, in, aligned with, uh, in line with the macro factors. Mm. Uh, like today was, you know, OPEC, uh, mm. and then there was also the, the U.S. impact from the markets over there. So on, on the inflation front in Singapore, it seems like, uh, the cost, everything went up in October except for food. Mm. Right, services up 3.4%, retail is plus 1.6%, electricity rose 1.8% due to higher tariffs. And of course, the biggest thing to hit us last month, and I think is the most unsurprising thing, was uh, private transport. Uh, that uh, actually uh, saw uh, prices increase by almost 12% in October, and that's due to the record COE levels, right? Mm. Um, and this is, the interestingly, in, in October, is the first time we saw core inflation uh, actually increase over the course of this year. Yep. We started off 5.5% in January. We have been progressively like making, we have been making good progress, mm. going down and down and down all the way to September 3% before uh, October's numbers came out. The core inflation uh, went up from 3 to 3.3%. So, so looking ahead, I think uh, even though uh, October was going up, I don't think there's going to be a trend. Uh, it should moderate uh, in 2024 despite GSD setting in. And, um, you know, with oil prices coming 
uh, I, I think oil prices will come off uh, because you know the global economy cannot be booming uh, for so long. Uh, mm. I think that it's also going to come off or moderate. Uh, COE prices won't hit 200,000. In fact, mm. I think it's really like coming off. So all these things are positive for, for inflation. Um, I am just hopeful that uh, I, I'm actually, I have a good feel that inflation will come off and moderate uh, in 2024. Hmm. And let's take a look at some of the companies to watch for the day. Uh, Terence, we do have Singtel. I know we've talked about Optus. But this time round, Optus, which is an Australian unit of Singtel, has secured four spectrum lots for $33.5 million Aussie dollars, around $30 million Sing dollars in total in the latest government spectrum auction. How far will this piece of news help investors really look past the earlier Optus network outage out of Australia? Well, in terms of numbers, definitely it won't move the needle at all. Mm. Right? Uh, it's a behemoth. So the three million, I mean, I mean the absolute numbers won't, won't make uh, very much of a yeah. difference. Uh, the impact of Optus outage, I think, well, no, I think it's definitely uh, very, very significant and far-reaching, right? 10 million customers without internet or phone services, you know, that, that's 40% of the population. Uh, and earlier this week, Optus CEO um, announced that she was stepping down. Uh, reputation really took a big hit. And mm. I think that these uh, projects, uh, like I said, won't make very much of an impact uh, in the near term. Um, if you look at the share price, uh, Singtel share price have also taken a, a knock. It's, it's hit a 52-week yes. low this week, mm. right on Tuesday. I think it's only inched up ever so slightly. So I, I think... We we need uh, like confidence to return to Optus before we see uh, some form of reprieve for for Singtel. But Singtel do uh, I mean to be fair, Singtel does have like many other subsidiaries which are doing decent. Hmm. Now from Singtel, uh, Terence, let's talk a little bit about Thai Beverage. Uh, its net profit down nine percent to twenty seven point four billion baht, which is one point two billion Sing dollars for the full year end September. Uh, that's down from about thirty billion baht in the previous corresponding period. The firm attributed this to cost pressures, increased expenditure on brand investment and marketing. How far has that weight on the counter's performance today? Today, um. As I checked, it didn't really move, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it missed expectations, but yeah. really not by much. So unsurprising that, you know, the share price didn't budge. Uh, margins came off because I, I think they are spending on marketing costs mm. as, they, uh, as they see that they want to increase uh, brand investments uh, due to the potentially big pickup in tourist arrivals. Actually, I already see the big tourist arrivals going into to Thailand. So um, I, I think that this brand investments uh, came at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, gearing, it's, I mean, some people, they talk about the gearing for Thai Bev, uh, but gearing is not exactly high at 0.65 times, uh, given that it is a very, very cash generative business. Mm-hmm. Um, and dividends, uh, I, I think one of the reasons why, despite the 10% foreign earnings, uh, despite them slightly missing out on the expectations, but yet the share price uh, didn't react negatively, is because the dividends, you know, they they are they've maintained the dividends uh so they despite the foreign earnings and i think that that's uh, definitely a plus for for investors 
Hmm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. And away from Singapore, um, Terence, you talked about this earlier. Let's take a look at oil prices. Oil basically extended losses today after OPEC announced that shock delay of a key policy meeting, which is supposed to, I believe it should entail some form of output cuts. Uh, could you break that down for us? What is the near-term outlook on oil and how would that influence perhaps inflation in major economies? Well, I, I think leading up to what happened uh, yesterday uh, was that you know there was genu- there, there was excitement among traders, among investors that OPEC and its allies, uh, OPEC Plus, might uh, impl- implement some kind of additional production cuts, which mm. will actually like boost the oil prices, right? But with its uh, and now uh, there's I think there's some uh, contention amongst uh, three of the OPEC Plus members. Mm. Right, uh, and the reportedly or supposedly uh, three African countries, including Angola and Nigeria, yeah. uh, they are not playing ball with the cuts. So uh, Saudi needs to go over there and tell them, please do, right? Um, and and I know Saudi's uh, intention is, of course, given that they are so to- to- totally vested uh, in oil, that they want the oil prices to go, you know, up to the hundred dollar mark. Mm. It may happen if they manage to convince uh, everybody or every country within OPEC Plus to do production cuts uh, and if the winter is very, very harsh, right? But mm. there, are, there are also challenges to having a, uh, moving towards the $100 mark. Uh, one of them is uh, the fact that OPEC Plus, you know, is really, uh, really, really loose kind of like uh, agreement between countries, right? And it's difficult to police uh, because many countries will have an incentive not to stick to their production quotas. For mm. example, Russia, right? Yeah. If they need to finance this war on Ukraine, they just produce more oil. Yeah. They sell more oil, right? Uh, oil prices, uh, and number two, oil prices have also fallen from September highs. As you can see, uh, demand in China, which used to like take in a lot of oil, which, uh, which was the world's largest oil importer, that demand has dropped for the past six months. And mm. number three, uh, U.S., Crude production has also hit record levels. Uh, it's about over 13 million, uh, which is over a million barrels per day higher than the same period uh, last year. So uh, they are also adding on to the supply. So all these things, I think, would have an impact on the oil prices. Uh, if the oil prices, if if uh, like I said, if the winter continue, if the winter is mild this year. Mm. Um, I think oil prices have a good chance of like moving south towards the sixty dollar mark, and that that's going to be positive, uh, of of course, because uh, you know countries continue to that the inflation numbers yep. will hit south. Mm. And let's wrap up the conversation, uh, Terence, with Open AI. And this, according to a new Reuters report, several staff researchers reportedly sent Open AI's board of directors a letter warning of a powerful AI discovery that they said could threaten humanity. And this was, of course, ahead of uh, Sam Altman's uh, exile so-called and according to sources whose claims are not verified this has to do with a breakthrough in the search for super intelligence any initial thoughts super intelligence i'm really not very sure about this super intelligence sounds like a movie right yeah this powerful ai right but uh, the current ai that we have i think already poses threats for humanity right Uh, they're already displacing jobs millions of jobs uh, have been lost and will be lost Right, uh, they're already invading our pr- privacy through extensive surveillance, um, and and I 
think there are also like you know fears about the development of AI powered weapons. So uh, it is crucial to mitigate risks associated with AI, especially as it becomes more advanced. Uh, but it's also important to highlight that you know AI itself is not really good or bad. Yeah. It's the way it's developed, deployed, you know, and and controlled. So, uh, but, but of course, some people say AI can continue to think and get smarter and smarter. They will outsmart us one of these days. Point proven. I, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a valid point. So to address these concerns, governments and organizations, you know, are working on creating ethical guidelines, frameworks for the development of AI, you know, and, and all these requires transparency, accountability, and, and consideration of, of the kind of society impacts on uh, of AI systems. Uh. Mm. Right, and I, I think the key approach is to uh, the key is to approach uh, AI development with caution, ensuring all these ethical guidelines and regulatory measures are really in place. Oh, of course, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a. I, I don't know whether that's oversimplifying. I'm not really a techie. I, I can only talk. And don't mind me asking this, uh, Terence. Of course, this is just a guess at this point in time. Uh, we've seen that AI tech rally and that the tech rally on the back of AI boom, and there is really no. Um, ceiling as to how far AI can go. But now with all the talk about open AI and potentially if looking ahead, uh, if this calls for more regulations, do you think that will put a ceiling on any tech rally? See, uh, the, the thing about all this, uh, it's no who's but it's going to sky's the limit. I, I've seen that on numerous occasions, right? I mean, uh, I wasn't born uh, during the nifty 50 days, mm-hmm. but that's what they spoke about. But I was pretty much in the industry during the dot-com days. Yep. And that was exactly what they, uh, what people were saying. You know, there's really no stopping all these dot-com guys, right? Uh, uh, valuation's high, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter until it matters. Mm. And, and I think that with or without these regulations, uh, there will be a ceiling. Mm. Uh, it's just that we don't know when. Mm. When uh, It could be, you know, to, tomorrow. It could mm. be a month from now. It could be a year from now. Right. So it's always a matter of time. Thanks a lot, Terence. That was Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thanks, Tintian. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.